what's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. Thank you to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National and Spiritless. To Dine For The Podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit americannational.com dine. Spiritless supports the conscientious cocktailer who wants to live fully but drink differently. Their signature Kentucky 74 is a distilled non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails. It's zero alcohol zero guilt, and just 15 calories per serving. Whether you go completely spiritless or go halfsies with a foolproof bourbon to lower the ABV in your cocktail, you can get your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use promo code to dine for to get free shipping. Welcome to To Dine For, the podcast, where we join creators, dreamers, and visionaries at their favorite restaurant. On today's episode is Suzanne Muchin, the co-founder of Bonfire, a talent development accelerator for a new generation of women in the workplace. The workplace was not working for women. You know that, I know that. Every woman would say, does work work for you? I mean, like, what woman's going to go, yes, yes, meets all my needs. Before launching Bonfire, Suzanne was the founder and lead strategist of Mind & Matter Studio a serial entrepreneur at heart who brings a wealth of wisdom to whatever she does, a mother of five and marathon runner. She is now a professor at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management, where she teaches the art of selling yourself. So thrilled to join this creator, builder, and innovator at her favorite restaurant, Milt's Barbecue for the Perplexed, a one-of-a-kind kosher restaurant on Chicago's north side. I delighted. <laughs> There's nothing I'd rather be doing. Tell me of all the restaurants in Chicago, yeah. why Milts? So Milts, the full name, right? Barbecue for the Perplexed, um, which is like a wink-wink name. It's, mm -hmm. it's a kosher restaurant. Mm -hmm. And what's so strange about that in Chicago, which I think is known for having a large Jewish population. Mm -hmm. People think of Chicago as having Sure. This is the only kosher restaurant in the city isn't that staggering like if i want to go out to dinner with my family and i live a block from here mm -hmm. or i want to go into the city and eat a hamburger mm -hmm. or a hot dog or a piece of chicken or chicken tenders <laughs> there is no such thing so if you're kosher you've grown up in a way that that is restricted 
um, according to the laws of what we call kashrut, which mm -hmm. separates primarily milk and meat. Mm. And so you, your home is separated this way. We have two sets of dishes. Um, everything in my home has, I have two dishwashers. My sink is divided. Everything is divided. You separate milk and meat. That's a primer. So everything in this restaurant is meat and anything that looks like dairy is not. That's why when mm. I said to you, if it's ranch dressing mm. on a salad with chicken, mm. before Milt's, I'd never had a cheeseburger. Like I've never had a cheeseburger. Wow. This restaurant in our neighborhood is a gift. It's a jewel. It's, it's a, a jewel, jewel for you. I mean, when my kids, so this has been around for, I'm going to call it, I don't know how many years we should ask them, but my kids were little enough that when I said to them, sit down, the menu comes out, have anything you want. They're wow. like, what? Because also we, we can't eat shellfish mm -hmm. or anything with pork. Mm -hmm. So you sit down at any menu and it's like, can't, can't, do this, can't, 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 do this. can't, can't. And here or, it's like, you can't do anything right. you want. Or you sit down at a restaurant and you have to explain to the waiter, this but not with that. Sure. You're that person. Yes. It's so annoying. I don't. <laughs> when Harry met Sally, you're, oh you're Sally. <laughs> Kate, I do not want to be this person. She likes things the way she likes them. Here, I don't have to be that person. No, that's amazing. So you must have such wonderful family memories here. Yes. Milt's Barbecue for the Perplexed is a truly unique neighborhood gem in the Lakeview section of Chicago. It is the only kosher kitchen in the city and smokes all meats on site. From vegetarian options like salads and fried cauliflower like we're having today, to smoked ribs and classic barbecue dishes, Milt's Barbecue is a find. Here's General Manager Brian Greika. Uh, when we opened, there was one other kosher barbecue place in the country, and that was in Teaneck, New Jersey, and they closed not long after we opened. So for, for a while, we were the only kosher barbecue restaurant, but now there's, there's quite a few. There's probably at least half a dozen around the country. Why is it called Milt's Barbecue for the Perplexed? So it's a play on words. Um, there was a famous Jewish text called Guide for the Perplexed by a, a rabbi from the Middle Ages named Rambam, or Moses Maimonides. And so it, the Guide for the Perplexed, and we're barbecue, so barbecue for the perplexed. And so we kind of ran with that. The reason I'm in it, the reason I'm, I like doing this is I want people to enjoy themselves and be happy, you know, especially nowadays with everything going on in the world. It's you need a little bit of a respite. You need a reason to tune all that ex external noise out a little bit. And so mm -hmm. when, when people come here, I want them to walk away happy and full. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. And I'm, I'm so happy yeah. that you brought me here um, to do this episode of To Dine For. Um, I know we're going to have fried cauliflower, which I right? love. And we're going to have this amazing Cobb salad. So I'm really excited about the meal. Yeah. Um, but before the food comes out, I just want to dive in. You are a serial entrepreneur. Is that an accurate description? It is. And what is it about the arduous, difficult, gut-wrenching gut act of creating something? Traumatizing. <laughs> that appeals to you so much. I believe that big ideas are possible to solve problems that matter. And if you want to solve a problem that matters, more often than not, you have to do it in a way that breaks through norms or that challenges assumptions. 
Okay, I think this might be our cauliflower. Is it coming? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Ooh, the fried cauliflower. It looks amazing. Okay, see how this looks That's like great. dairy? Yes. But it's not. But it will taste that if way. This is the ranch dressing? Yeah. Now here's the thing, Kate. Yes. You may taste this and go, okay, I eat dairy all the time, and so this is not dairy to me, but to wait. me, I'll be like, oh my God, thank you so much for giving me dairy in a meat restaurant. Right. It's an option. It's a viable option totally. for you. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, um, so usually if you want to solve a big problem, mm -hmm. it requires starting something Wow, that's good. New. Is it good? Okay, yeah. good. It's, gar it's like a garlic aioli. A yes, mm. that's probably more like it. Mm. So that's one thing. The second thing is, I don't think I'm a very good employee. And I've learned that because I'm currently an employee for the first time in a long time because I'm a professor at Kellogg at Northwestern. I'm a professor at the business school. Like, I have a contract. And the first time the contract came to me like I'm an employee, I looked at the contract and I was like, oh, my God. Like, am I supposed to sign this? Like, are these terms I'm supposed to agree to? Wait, what? Wait a minute. This is interesting. Why do you think you're not a good employee? Because I need to be able to have a lot of freedom of movement, intellectual, spiritual, lifestyle-wise. Like, for me, doing something of note requires a lot of leeway. I might have to work in a certain way, which might require tons of time in a contained period and then a lot of looseness to think things through. I might need to spend a lot of money and then spend no money. I might need to like, have certain resources really fast and then I might need to go away for a while and be by myself. Like, I need a lot of give and take. And so if I'm in too structured an environment, I find that really constricting. I mean, I haven't really ever been an employee other than when I was a first a teacher in the New York public school system for Teach for America, and then now as a professor at Kellogg. Mm, this is really interesting because in essence, this is a great segue into what you have co-founded, which is Bonfire, because you are taking people who are employees. Yes. And you are in the best possible way developing their talent within corporate structures so that they rise and that they don't have anything holding them back from achieving a higher position, a better paying job, a position of leadership. Correct? Completely. What I think is happening now, and when I say now, I mean in the era before COVID-19, this was already occurring. So let's not say that what's happening now is specific to COVID, but I do think COVID has accelerated it, which is the workplace was not working for women. You know that, I know that. E every woman would say, does work work for you? I mean, like, what woman's going to go, yes, yes, meets all my needs, my childcare needs, my personal needs, right? Like, my emotional needs. I feel so supported. Like, literally, like mm -hmm. the fact that you and I are laughing, mm -hmm. okay, men would not be laughing. Right. Okay. Their needs are met because mm -hmm. the workplace was developed as a structure by men and for men. Mm -hmm. Okay. Work was not working for women. Therefore, 
we need to have a, the rising generation of women redefine the workplace and also in doing so to redefine success mm-hmm. on their own terms because boxes to check like getting into a c-suite or moving up a ladder work for some women mm-hmm. and i that there's nothing wrong with that but the definitions of success as we know it were established by men and so as we break open some of the boundaries of what it means to be successful, which let's also just note, power is being redefined and redistributed. We need new tools. Mm-hmm. We need a new vocabulary. Mm-hmm. We need a new conversation. That's what Bonfire is trying to offer women right now. Mm-hmm. It was funny. In February, one of the first speakers we had at Bonfire is one of my teaching brothers at Kellogg, Dr. Nicholas Pierce. And he speaks about the purpose path and how you should have this very clear sense of purpose that will drive your intentions in the workplace. And it's very beautiful and compelling. He's a minister, so he also like speaks with a lot of passion. This was month two of a nine-month program. The basic message that women got from Nicholas was, quit your job. You're 100% not on that purpose path. And when he was done, I'm like, Nicholas, you understand that if they all, these 80 women leave their job, like I'm screwed, right? Like bonfire goes down in flames. And the women were like laughing. And I was like, like, don't quit your job. Well, it's it's interesting. It's like you have two parallel things going on. You are a born entrepreneur. You love creating, building, solving problems. However, in this problem that you're solving, which you just presented, you are helping women who are the opposite of you by your definition, which is in these corporate yes. structures. Yes. And you're taking it's them. Ironic. Yeah, it is ironic. And you are taking them and you're saying, listen, here is how the system works and how you could best show up in a different way yes. to maximize results and to really have the career of your dreams. Yes. Right? And there's a mantra that we have that I believe is the Venn diagram, the intersection of how I show up in my world as an entrepreneur and how I'm asking them to show up as well, which is the only way out is through. So I say that all the time Mm -hmm. as does Rachel Bella, my Mm co-founder. We've said it for a decade that the only way out, meaning to solve big systemic problems, is through the problem itself. Mm -hmm. You can't ignore the systems themselves. Very much like Black Lives Matter right right now. I was just gonna say that, yes. The only way out is through. Yes. So therefore, we need women. Thank you so much. Wow, this looks amazing. Okay, and I have to note something, and I'd love also a Diet Coke if that's possible. Oh, sure. So the only way out is through. Suggests that if you wanna solve a big problem, you really can usually not go around it. You have to go through it. Mm-hmm. So if we want to make work work, we have to work with work. Right. Like the systems. We of, can't change the system. We have to work within it and right. maximize whatever that we've got in front of us. Completely. So yeah. we do need armies of women in the workplace who want to work in the workplace, which isn't to say we also don't need advocates and people pressing on the system from the outside. But it's no different than, for example, with Teach for America, the core members were inside public school systems. We didn't place them outside the school system, they were in the school system. So 
I think our women at Bonfire are, are really finding how to be a different kind of woman at work. And have you found this to be, I w- this sounds to me like such a great sell for a company. Yes. Because um, who doesn't want to take the employees that they have that are uh, have a great attitude and want to excel and want to be promoted and put them in a position to succeed? So to me, this seems like a win-win for the company and for you and for the employee. The question is, what has been the hardest part? Where have you met the resistance? What has been the difficulty or the pain point? It's a great question. Initially, the cost of being in the cohort was high, Mm -hmm. which we intentionally did almost as a litmus test. It was $10,000 per woman to be in that first cohort. The company would pay $10,000? Yes, of 80 women. Okay, the women would pay nothing. They would willingly go to excel their career. Yes. Okay. Now, Kate, look. $10,000 to invest in a human being Mm -hmm. for their career is actually not a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amortized over the, you know, you're talking about a woman who's probably between the ages of, let's call it, 27 and 42. They're going to get that return on investment. Sure. But if you are talking about a large company who has thousands of women or hundreds of women you don't have $10,000 to spend on all women. So this becomes a recognition program for certain women. Mm -hmm. And that's either really attractive to certain companies, like, oh, I see, we could choose five really high-performing women and sort of select them, and there's cachet to that, and that's wonderful. Or that becomes like, ooh, that's a little uncomfortable for us. We need something more democratic. Mm. Up until now, we didn't have that. Pre-COVID, we didn't have that. We only had this high price Because so, you're really um, taking people and really kind of tapping them on the shoulder and saying, this is a star. This is someone who's going to really yes. excel at the company. And they're getting something that perhaps another employee, yes. it, some sort of recognition that another employee isn't getting. Right. And so with COVID, what, what changed in your business model? First, <laughs> me being in a ball on the floor. I mean... <laughs> That was the first thing that changed. I mean, I was definitely a COVID, not denier, like I understood that COVID was real. And I wasn't like our leader of our country saying it's going to go away. What I didn't quite understand was the scope and scale of it and how length of time. Right. So and how this was going to affect you, who essentially, had, in a way, had an events business. Correct. 100%. So once I got past that moment of denial, I really was able to see clearly two things can happen that are potentially very positive for our company and the impact we can have. One is we can put our offering into, let's just call it a synchronistic virtual format. Mm -hmm. We have to keep the women together. And in fact, maybe we're going to be the best thing that ever happened to them in this time of crisis because they needed community. They needed sisterhood. They needed somewhere to go that felt connected and real where they could talk about things that were real Mm -hmm. and emotional and required sisterhood, which was not their office. Imagine having a space for that, which was huge. So they needed that. But the second thing that we learned was we could develop an online offering. So we started to envision what we were calling Bonfire Beyond, which is the digital platform, which we knew we'd 
build anyway. We just thought we had two years. So this allows a company to offer this to more of their employees? Thousands, anywhere. Drops the price. It can be asynchronistic, meaning you're in your PJs, mm -hmm. eating your Cobb salad. Right, from milts. From milts at home. <laughs> um, or synchronistic, meaning live event, launch each module with a big live and event. And what has the reaction been from the companies? I mean, they're so happy. Really? First of all, it's dropped in price dramatically sure. per woman, and we have enterprise pricing, but more, it's democratized access. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge thing for companies, especially in an era in which their HR departments have been cut. Our challenge right now, I mean, if you really want to talk entrepreneurship, yeah. should we talk about that? Sure, let's like do it. Like the real deal? Yes. So I go out and raise a little more money because that's what entrepreneurs do. Right. Um, because we knew we needed to build this platform and that costs money and we weren't expecting to build it this soon. So I do another extension of our seed round okay. and I close that August 15th. Amazing. Thank you. Amazing. You'd think. <laughs> You'd think. Okay. But then what happens? The minute I close it, some of our investors, wisely, wise investors, basically say the following to me. When are you going to know if Bonfire Beyond is really successful? How much time will that take? Hmm. And I say, probably will know that, let's call it September 2021. Mm -hmm. They're like, got it. How much money do you need between now and September 2021? Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's just ballpark a number. I'm just going to put one sure. out there. And so I'm like, two million. Okay. All right. And they're like, and how much money do you basically have on hand and in the bank to get you from here to September 2021? Mm -hmm. And when I give them the number, two million, mm -hmm. their response is, that's too tight. You've no room for error. You've no room for mistakes. What if something goes wrong? And here's the catch. And this is what every entrepreneur needs to understand. Mm. You get what you put your time and focus into. So when I spend time on fundraising, we raise money. When I spend my time on program, we get a great program. Mm. When I spend my time on sales, we sell. Mm. Okay. So the investors are like, Suzanne, when you fall short because your product isn't working and you need more money, you are going to go sell in order to get more money. Mm -hmm. But by doing that, you're going to be putting more companies on a faulty platform mm. when you should just have the money to test and learn and make it better. So they believe you should have raised more money. Hell yeah. How do you take that feedback and what do you do with it? It's a great question. I take it very seriously and I shop it around mm -hmm. my other investors. Okay. I say, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And when a hundred percent of them are like, well, yeah, Suzanne. I mean, hello, why didn't you raise more money? But w then will they give you the money? I mean, it's not it quite <laughs> like that, but they're more or less like, go raise that money now. Like now you, like, thank you for closing that cute little seed round in August 15th. Go raise a whole lot more. Wow. Yeah. So that's what I now need to do while I also have to, you know, do a whole lot of other things. Would you say mm -hmm. that what you hang your hat on, what you think you're really, really good at, or what life has shown you what you're really good at is raising money? No. 
no, because that is um, a false litmus test for success. Mm. What I'm very good at is clearly articulating a vision for whatever product or service or concept I'm developing that helps people not only believe that it's possible, but exudes enough trust and confidence that I'm going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I have the track record behind me to prove it. Mm -hmm. And I have enough of a network around me of people that is a trusted network that I go to for support that's an echo chamber. So let me break that down. So let's say if if, if what you're saying is true, your success doesn't depend on whether they give you money uh-uh. it's whether you know that they have confidence in you and believe you can carry out the vision 100 percent. okay that's all well and good but after the 10th time you've had this meeting and they're like yes. suzanne we believe this uh-huh. uh, you're doing yeoman's work mm-hmm. god bless you yes um unfortunately we don't have the funding right which i'm sure you've heard before yes um how Give me the psychology of that moment after a lot of no's, after a lot of rejection, where you can tell you're actually doing a good job of pitching, of selling yourself and your vision, but you're not getting the results that you want. Take me to that moment. So ironically, I'm a professor of a course called Selling Yourself and Your Ideas. So (laughs) it would suck if I was bad at that. Okay, so let me just put it out there. I'm really good at that. Mm Part of being good at it is getting no's. Mm-hmm. Part of being good at that yes. is getting no's. Oh, yeah. I think people need to hear that. But I'll tell you why. It's not what people think. They think that I, what I'm saying is because failure is a good teacher. Mm-hmm. That is not why I'm saying that. Why are you saying it? I'm saying that because a great idea has a point of view mm-hmm. that is pointy. And in selling an idea with a pointy point of view, Mm -hmm. the right people will opt into it. Mm -hmm. And the wrong people will opt out. Ooh, that's good. But therefore, it's more subversive than that. In order for the right people to opt in, you have to give them something to opt out of. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you have to give them something to say no to. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're just getting a bunch of people saying yes to you all the time. Mm -hmm. So if everyone's saying yes to you all the time, Kate, then you have not given them something pointy enough to say no to. Interesting. We'll have more on this conversation in just a minute. But first, thank you to our sponsors. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. If you're like me, there are times when you want to feel like you're having a fancy cocktail, but you don't actually want the alcohol. 
So I love Kentucky 74 from Spiritless. It's a distilled, non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails, but with just 15 calories per serving and none of the guilt. You can pre-order your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use the promo code to dine for to get free shipping. Now back to the table. Big ideas don't live in the soft spaces of the easy yes. Big ideas live on the knife's edge of maybe, maybe that'll work out. No big idea ever happened because something was 100% of a sure bet. Mm. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Or else we'd all be rich. I want to go back to something, and that is, when did Bonfire start? It launched the cohort in January 2020, but it was a year in the making before that. Okay. So when you have the idea for Bonfire and you've identified some of the roadblocks that the average young woman... um, faces when she's in the corporate environment. And so you, you've created sort of a curriculum around this to help these women navigate that. What, have, what has surprised you or what have you learned from these women that you didn't know that they are facing that you said, oh, wow, now we're going to adjust because oh. we had no idea that they're facing this. Yes, so much. Plus, don't forget that we were also not just in the middle of COVID, we were in the middle of the racial injustice, Black Lives Matter protests, which stopped us in our tracks, okay? Mm -hmm. As it should have. Mm -hmm. But it led us as, you know, Rachel and I are two white female founders, Mm -hmm. and as diverse as our women are, Mm -hmm. and as diverse as our team is, the stories that were being centered were our own, because Mm -hmm. it's our company. It came from our perspective. So some of what we needed to do was stop in our tracks and listen a whole lot more Mm. and rethink certain elements of our curriculum. Mm. It didn't fundamentally change the frameworks themselves. Give me some specifics on that. You're kind of hinting at it. For example, if we had um, uh, one of the elements of... um, use your power, which is our second module, was difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. A conversation to you or me that is difficult is very different than a conversation that's difficult for a black woman. Sure. If I talk about the way to approach having a difficult conversation using techniques that work for me, Mm -hmm. those same techniques for a woman of color may actually backfire. Fascinating. So I need to make sure that the way that we're talking about skills and disciplines and techniques in the difficult conversation module Mm -hmm. have the voices of black instructors and women bringing into the room different perspectives so that our black women are like, that I can do, that I understand. Right. Thank you for acknowledging that. Yes. Because you, we can't always think that the way we do it. Yep. Is, is, the best way. is the best way. So in a way, specifically from the Black Lives Matter which movement, which has just really been in the past three to four months, it has actually improved your curriculum oh. and your, the way you're looking at it, moving it, forward. It shifted everything. Wow. I will also... And is it because women told you? Oh, that yeah. They, yeah. They, oh, yes. Yeah, that how difficult this culture oh, is. A it, lot of them are black women that yes. are in all-white male environments, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. What was fascinating for Rachel and me was, you know, Bonfair was born to some extent out of the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. 
right? Mm -hmm. We were responding to some extent to 2016 mm -hmm. and 2017, mm -hmm. saying enough. Mm -hmm. Let's give women more agency. Let's give women more of a voice. Let's let them claim their power. That's what we were responding to. Mm -hmm. To layer on top of that, questions of racial injustice right. was not top of mind for us. Sure. That was made loud and clear to us by our black members and for that matter by our, our team who mm -hmm. was also diverse. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated it more than people probably, I think that some of our members were observing it, members who were not black. Mm -hmm. Our white members were watching Rachel and me thinking, oh, I feel so bad. They're really getting like, you know, attacked. I never felt attacked. Mm. Maybe it's because I'm 52. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't, there's nothing at this point in my life that I'm, I'm not proving anymore, which is the best part about being an entrepreneur in my 50s. Mm. I said to someone that if Bonfire, no pun intended, went down in flames <laughs> in April or May, okay? Mm -hmm because it was hard mm -hmm. to keep it alive. As any company, it was hard to keep alive, especially an events company, mm -hmm. right? If we had gone down in flames, no one would have noticed. Mm -hmm. We were a little company at its start, at its infancy, no one would have noticed. And for me, I had enough of a track record as a serial entrepreneur mm -hmm. that no one would have blamed me mm -hmm. for it. Right. But I honestly think, Kate, that the reason we saw a path out was because I didn't have the foggy lens of proving. Right. Interesting. Because when you're proving, you have an agenda. Mm -hmm. It's like, I need to prove X mm -hmm. to Y. Mm -hmm. And therefore, my decisions need to line up with whatever that proving agenda is. Oh, that's fascinating. I don't have anything to prove, which doesn't mean, by the way, that everything I've done has always been successful. It just means... I really have done a lot of things that I am proud of. Mm -hmm. I've done things that I, if, if my career ended tomorrow, I would say, well done. Mm -hmm. That was enough. As we're sitting here in a Jewish restaurant, kosher restaurant, there's an expression in, during the Passover Seder, <laughs> which is dayenu, which is, and that, if that was enough, mm -hmm. dayenu. Like, if my career ended tomorrow, it would be like Dianu. Like, mm. that was enough. Mm. When, you st when you talk about the mark that Bonfire made, what do you want it to be? World domination. <laughs> World takeover. Um, so, I want Bonfire women as a species to be recognizable in every place of work. Mm. I want them to show up there. I want to be able to wander into a place of work and listen in on a meeting and go, oh, she must have, she must have gone to Bonfire and she must have gone to Bonfire and she must have gone to Bonfire. By the way they sit, by the way they speak, by the questions they ask, by the way that they lead, by the fact that they're in the rooms that they're in. I want, Bonfire is a becoming. Mm. It's a way of being. It's not what you do. You know, little girls mm. don't, you know, we're asked. So, what are you going to do? But when they ask us, what do you want to be? Mm. They're really talking about, what do you want to do? Right. Okay. But what they're really missing is like, how do you want to be, Kate? Yeah. 
Yeah. How do you want to be in the world? Mm. But we don't have enough examples of that. Mm. How do you want to be? Mm. Right? Yeah. How do we want to be? I want bonfire women to all know exactly how they want to be. Right. So the doing becomes not consequential, inconsequential. It's, right. What yeah. they do is right. an outcome of how they are. Right. 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 You show up this way and as a result, mm -hmm. you do whatever and, follows and you carry who who you are yes. to every job to every it's setting portable. in your life yes completely it's it's so i want an army of those women everywhere mm -hmm. who are also the last part of our module is matter more mm -hmm. and rachel and i really keep putting our foot down on that again and again and again because men <laughs> And, you know, I don't even apologize anymore for, like, mm -hmm. making these kind of distinctions because I just, it's an observation. Mm -hmm. Men go through leadership programs like this and really are thinking about how do I take this skill set and move up in my career? Mm -hmm. That really is the mm -hmm. bubble over their head. Mm -hmm. How am I going to take what I was just given and become advanced advanced mm -hmm. okay that is me bonfire is we women mm -hmm. think in we terms mm -hmm. how do we how can we how am I going to make everybody around me better because that's how we feel better what do you think and this is this is sort of scratching the surface in a very simple way of asking but if you had to name the top two things that women are doing quote-unquote wrong or obstacles that they're facing that are not getting them to advance what would they be they're not claiming their expertise just quite literally mm -hmm. and they are not showing up after I finished asking Suzanne about her new company bonfire I wanted to return to the idea of a family meal a meal with meaning, the concept of Shabbat, specifically a Shabbat dinner, something that Suzanne has told me means so much to her family. The dinner table was sacred. And what does that mean to them? So it meant, particularly on Friday nights, mm -hmm. that that was a, a, a thing. Like Sabbath dinner, Shabbat dinner was a thing. That was like, we were we had that Friday night, they were to be there, but here's what it also meant, I hope, mm -hmm. when they came home from school, the house smelled mm -hmm. delicious, things were baking, things were cooking, they had their friends over, mm -hmm. their grandparents were coming over, families were coming over, it felt different to them. Mm -hmm. During the week, I also understood that the dinner table, I remember I used to have my kids do this thing called the art of conversation, mm -hmm. where I would force them. <laughs> to ask questions <laughs> that were like what I guess Craig and I would call impact questions because <laughs> I just felt like they needed to really learn to have, how to have a conversation. Yeah. But what I learned over time was that because the Sabbath meal allowed lots of people in and out of our house as guests in our home, our children really learned to be hosts. Mm. And all that that meant, mm. both in terms of welcoming people at the door and sitting down next to someone they might not know and engaging in a conversation mm -hmm. that they might not have otherwise had. Mm -hmm. Just so, like, there are only good things. Maybe I'll summarize it that way. Only good things come from creating your 
dinner time, whether it's one day a week or three days a week, whatever you can do as a sacred space. Well, cheers to you. And thank um, you for this lovely meal. Thank it's you, been wonderful. Kate. I, I hope that um, we introduced maybe people to something new yeah, food-wise. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? I can't stop eating this fried cauliflower. I know. It's good, right? <laughs> they should. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't take it off the table because I literally have just been chomping on it through the salad. It's been wonderful. Thank you so thank much you. for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to To Dine For The Podcast. For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at todinefortwithkatesullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National and Spiritless. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. Hi, I'm Rachel Bello. And I'm Suzanne Mushin. We're longtime business partners, but we're also best friends and the hosts of The Big Payoff, where we invite you to listen in on conversations about work that you haven't heard before, the ones that actually matter. This is the stuff that they're not teaching enough at business school. It is the make or break information. I mean, look, Suzanne, there really is no such thing as your work self versus your real self. There's only your best self. So that's what we try to give you on this podcast. Podcast, the essential skills that you're going to need to be your best self and to take on the workplace of the future. So what Rachel's not saying because she won't admit it is I am always my best self. But on every episode, we will really discuss ways to help you identify ways to develop the skills you need to help you step up, stand out and break through at work and in your life. Rach, one time you really did help me do that by stealing green juice from a coffee shop for me. You came back out to the car with a fresh, cold, brand new green drink. And I said, wow, Rachel, did they just give you a fresh one? And you said, no, I just took it. You're welcome. Every other week, we give you the very best advice from our lived experience. With a little bit of attitude on the side. The Big Payoff is a podcast from Bonfire Women, Inc., the talent accelerator founded by Suzanne and me for women on the rise. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.